In the early days of the internet, radical libertarians were scattered, lonely, and faceless. Without direction, they resigned to scour the web, sifting through content providers in a wasteland plagued by YouTube demonetization, Facebook jail, and covert internet censorship. But then, in 2017, the Libertarian Union was formed. Finally, the average Joe Libertarian could find a thriving community of independent podcasters and content providers, all in one convenient location. At Libertarian Union, we'll always have the latest news, interviews, discussions, and even movie reviews. With hundreds of episodes and more added all the time, you'll always find something fresh at libertarianunion.com. Welcome, everyone, to episode 30 of the Culture of Peace podcast. My name is Luke Tatum, and this is the show where I interview people who are advancing the message of liberty and changing the culture for the better. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there, and I say this every episode, but thank you so much for choosing to spend your time listening to this show in particular. It's just, uh, it's unreal how much there is that you could be listening to, so it's really, it's just an honor that you're on this program right now and listening to my voice. So it tells me that you're looking to change the culture for the better just like I am. It's telling me you're taking responsibility, like I'm trying to, for making things the way they should be. So um, I'm glad you're joining me, and I think we're making some, some progress in that respect. So please take a moment to share the show. That'll help it get to more people. iTunes, Stitcher, however you listen to it, just drop a five-star review, share it with somebody. It goes a long way. As far as today's episode, the show notes is going to be luketatum.com slash 30. And just be sure to stop by there because there's going to be a lot of links. Once you know who the guest is, you won't be surprised, I'm sure. Today, I'm going to be talking to Daniel Elwood. Daniel is a movie critic with an ANCAP problem that he tackles with his co-host on the Actual Anarchy and Last Nighters podcasts, among many, many other things, which we'll get into shortly. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you. Uh, you have a lot of a lot of projects. I think that's an understatement. You've got probably more than most people I've had as guests on this show. In addition to your movie review podcast that I just mentioned in the introduction, you have Reed Rothbard, Black and Dog Gold, Libertarian Union, probably more than that that I don't know about. So what's driving you to do all of that? What's your motivator? Are you a dry economic theory guy? Are you an ideologue? Like, what's the deal? What's making you do all this? Well, I guess I would say I'm an ANCAP extremist who is also a bit of an entrepreneur who has the shiny object syndrome. So essentially, I get great epiphanies of ideas and... Uh, feel like I need to chase them down and get them at least minimum viable as soon as possible. And then another shiny idea comes along. So before you know it, I end up with like 15 websites and multiple projects and other shows and a day job and a wife and two kids and two cats and now a puppy. 
And uh, I, I must say that allocating my scarce resources is a bit of a challenge. I think we but, have the same struggle, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think that the, the evangelical phase kind of stuck with me for a while. And so that's primarily what the show is about, is a way to evangelize, but in a, in a manner where it's a little bit subtle. So we're essentially talking about movies that people are, you know, people watch movies, people like movies, they're familiar with them. And so if they listen to our show, they will have a structure on which we will apply theory and ideas and concepts related to Austrian economics and libertarianism with something that they are already familiar with. So the hope is that that will help it stick a little bit more. They'll kind of see it applied. Is the hope that maybe people catch your podcast, like they have a favorite movie, they happen to come across your show and see like The Matrix or Mission Impossible or something that they really like and then they get into it that way? Or, I mean, do you find yourself repeating the same ideas over and over? Is there that much material? Like, what's it been like doing the show, I guess, is really my question. Well, really, there is such an abundance of material, both in movie fodder and in economic theory and in libertarianism itself to where we have a, a, an endless supply of opportunity. And so, yeah, our goal really is to try to uh, get better about targeting movies that might be in mainstream. So like if, if a sequel has just come out, maybe we'll do the original. Uh, if, if it's like a particular holiday or an anniversary or something, we'll hit that one. Um, and we really could do a better job of that and plan a little bit further in advance. We also introduce guests often like other podcasters or even listeners of the show. And that's another way that we try to cross-pollinate or uh, increase engagement and interest. Uh, and, and really the goal here is that it's, it's my co-host who's been a friend of mine since I was in kindergarten. And, uh, and we have, I think, good rapport and uh, the reviews that we have on the show tend to agree with that. They say that we're really kind of interesting to listen to and, and kind of fun. So we're trying to be sort of a casual listen, like conversational, while peppering in a little bit of theory here and there and a little bit of economics here and there just to spark interest. We're not trying to win over people necessarily. We're trying to sort of plant seeds and then hopefully they can take it from there uh, if, if they have what do you call it, that spark uh, of trying to, to figure out more on their own? You know, it's, it's one of those things where people will not seek out something unless they're really interested. Like you kind of, in a way, need to hit rock bottom <laughs> and then uh, decide that you want to change or decide you want to learn more about something. And it's, I think libertarianism and, and, and Austrian economics really is a personal journey that you, well, upon discovering it, you kind of have to um, you have to drive that on your own. You know, you have to use your own kind of motivation to to get to a point where you feel like you're comfortable with it. Sure. Yeah. And maybe I should ask this then: What was your kind of journey? Why Why are you where you are doing what you're doing? Well, part of it is going back to the idea of 
having an abundance of ideas and trying to get things out there. So Reed Rothbard was one of the original ones. And basically we wanted a one-stop shop for Rothbard lectures and books and reviews and articles. And that's always a work in progress because he was so prolific. Uh, and, and our show started out called the Reed Rothbard podcast uh, at readrothbard.com. And we were originally just going to be two guys talking about whatever, whatever was in the news, whatever was interesting. And we always ended up talking about movies to sort of illustrate a point or to, um, you know, give it, give it uh, a bit of a scenario, you know, like play out a scene. And after a while, we decided that we wanted to get a little bit broader in the appeal. So we decided to find a new name and actual anarchy was available. So we chose that and sort of played into the idea that a lot of people think anarchy is evil or bad or chaos or disorder. And what our our concept is, is no, actually anarchy is spontaneous order. It's, it's the uh, millions of decisions that people uh, on an individual basis are making and it yields better results without coercion. And so it's, it's literally what anarchy actually is. And after a year or so of that, we, we continue to have that version of the show, but now we also introduced what we call the last nighters, which is a bit of a shorter cut of the show. And it doesn't have anarchy in the name. It doesn't uh, really scare people away at the first, uh, first sight of it. Right. But the main content is essentially the same. I mean, the actual anarchy audience who have been with us for a few years, they get a little bit of extra content at the beginning and at the end, and our Patreon supporters get a even more. Um, but uh, the Last Nighters version is is more for it's it's sort of the the trap that we set, you know. And the movie that we're talking about is, is the cheese, and that one is um, it's kind of fun because Rothbard, Murray Rothbard, who I'm a huge fan of, of course, you know, readrothbard.com and all that. Sure. Uh, he did movie reviews under a pseudonym called Mister First Nighter. And so our name is a callback to that, but we're the last nighters primarily because we're doing movies that have been out for a while. We're not, you know, first run theater type stuff uh, with all of the projects and the family and, and other things going on. I can't really get out to a movie theater all too often. So that one, um, the last nighters is actually on a podcast network called the launchpad media. And that can be found at the launchpadmedia.com. There's other shows on there like, uh, Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, formerly of uh, Johnny Rocket Launchpad. Um, Nick Picone is on there with Sounds Like Liberty. Sherry Voluntary has postcards from Somalia. And Alex Merced has a show, and there's a few other ones on there. So it's a really good network. And then Actual Anarchy is on another one called Libertarian Union, which is um, something that has existed for a while and has like Liberty Weekly. And uh, you're, you're somewhat associated with it as well. Yeah, um, I think that that's something we could put a little bit more of a structure around to make it be something more effective. Right now, it just sort of exists as a chat group and a catch-all um, website. But uh, uh, essentially, I, I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but um, <laughs> that's uh, that's where the movie stuff is, and and so that's sort of that story. If you wanted to go back further in history. I guess we could say that I grew up sort of left-leaning in that, you know, sort of the compassionate, you want to help the downtrodden. And, of course, because I'm a, I was a public school victim, uh, the uh, the best solution was always one new law or one new government agency. Sure. 
Uh, so, you know, something must be done about this. So let's write letters and petition <laughs> or protest or whatever. Um, but I, I would say that I had more of a anti-authoritarian streak. And this was back when the left was more along the lines of keep the government out of your bedroom and anti-war. And it seems as if they have joined the ranks of the neocons and neither of those um, what I thought were important principles, if you could call them that, of the left at the, at the time, you know, in the late 80s and early 90s, uh, they seem to have abandoned those things. So I would not identify with them at all anymore. Right. I kind of have a similar history. Um, it's interesting, you and Patrick McFarlane and I uh, all seem to have had sort of a similar story there, but I, you know, I was going to UNT, University of North Texas, briefly. I started that at 2008, and there was a bunch of anti-war people at that time. Uh, there was a whole big movement for it, and I kind of sort of was around that and interested in it, and then it's just evaporated. You know, I don't live there anymore. I don't get up to the college campus. I don't like college campuses anymore, but that's uh it's definitely been something to see watching the anti-war left just uh, go away basically yeah right around 2008 i think i yeah. wonder i wonder what happened <laughs> <laughs> if only we could guess if only there was some way to figure that out yeah yeah and the funny thing is and and i even the last time i voted was for that guy mm. um because he well they always campaign on a uh platform of peace you know and then they don't do that they don't do that yeah essentially he was just a, a hipper a slightly darker version of george w bush and yep. how the left doesn't see that i don't understand because really the policies didn't change the number of um people attacked in foreign countries didn't change the number of missiles fired the i mean the drone strikes increased of course droning was a newer technology i guess so you would expect those numbers to ramp up but really the policies and at least in foreign policy didn't change it very much at all between those two administrations yeah it's um well i would call it a mystery but it's really not i mean we see the same song and dance i guess over and over and over the longer the older we get i guess i could say the more we're going to continue to see the same thing happen at least that's what I'm anticipating now. Yeah, you know, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that I think that the, the left was against war and things like that when it was George W. Bush, but then when their guy was doing the same stuff, they sort of had to give him a pass. And now we see it with Trump where he's continuing things that Obama was doing and they can't get mad at him about that stuff. So they make big, big, uh, mole, uh, big mountains out of molehills over like, tweets and and uh, gestures and things like that like they're picking on trump for all the wrong reasons like i i don't like him because he's a warmonger right. but not because he he's a troll on twitter i actually kind of respect that i think that's kind of awesome yeah it's hilarious he's maybe the funniest politician i can point to because he's puncturing the pomposity of the whole thing right yeah yeah a phrase, but, but because so. But because Obama did the same things that Bush did, uh, 
there was no return of the anti-war left. You know, so so in a way, Obama gave Trump carte blanche in the foreign policy game. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Now, so maybe let's return to your podcast with this because I'm curious if you have someone that maybe you're friends with, you interact with uh, at a workplace or something like that, and you want to try to shake them awake a little bit and get them to think about things in a different way, is your show, either Actual Anarchy or The Last Nighters, something that someone can use for that purpose? Like, is there an episode maybe or a few episodes you would recommend to get people thinking about any any major issue, like the war peace question or, you know, government spending as a harmful thing instead of a helpful thing, you know, any of those things that you could pitch at someone and say, try this, listen to it, come back and let's talk about it. Honestly, I think that uh, almost any of the episodes would be good for that uh, because we pepper in so many different little things here and there, these little nuggets. Uh, one episode in particular that I really enjoyed was episode 120 of our show on Actual Anarchy. So actualanarchy.com slash 120. And that is on Ip Man, the Donnie Yen <laughs> film. And our guest was Luke Tatum of the Culture of Peace podcast. Yeah, seems like a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, I liked him uh, quite a bit. Uh, don't tell him. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you got, you got a flavor for what we do on there. I mean, I, I think we probably each brought up a dozen different things. So between the three of us, you know, there's 36 different concepts wrapped around a movie that, is a you know a discussion that's under an hour and so that's kind of kind of the idea you know yeah i mean some of your episodes are more humorous some of them are a little bit more serious uh so there's a lot to choose from i guess i've haven't been listening to the whole catalog but i've listened for gosh at least the last 30 or 40 episodes and you've really got a big a big scope uh, i guess to a palette to choose from. Yeah, and, I would just focus on whatever, uh, back to that conversation you were saying, you know, what would you recommend to somebody you, who you're trying to um, expose these ideas to? I would just base it on whatever interest in movies they have. You know, one that might be a particular favorite of theirs. Well, sure, sure. Yeah, an action film, if they like action films. I get it. Yeah. If you... um and you, you have how many episodes now? 123? Yeah, 123 uh, came out today. So it's easy as ABC episode 123, <laughs> which we just did on The Truman Show starring Jim Carrey. Yeah, so that's the one that just came out uh, today, actually. Um, and I know your episode here won't come out for, for at least a few weeks. So harken right. back. Uh, we'll probably be on episode 126 or 127. Uh, by the time this comes out. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and we do a show every week. Sunday is Actual Anarchy, and, and Monday is Last Nighters. And uh, we really just try to mix it up with the variety. We do some kids' movies. We do some documentaries. We do action movies. We do movies that uh, are somewhat libertarian some that are very libertarian some that are not libertarian at all but each one of them gives us plenty to discuss like we can either talk about 
how it's great about this particular thing or how it's totally wrong about this other thing. So that's that's why I said earlier, you know, we have this endless supply, this endless opportunity ahead of us to. Um, I mean, we we can we can riff for an hour on any movie, basically. Right. Yeah, and just one that comes to mind when you guys did the um, the first Harry Potter movie, hilarious, great. I mean, you get off into a whole tangent. I think on abortion, right? On that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I recall that. That was probably a good fifteen minutes of the show. Right, but it's great. It's really, I mean, it's a good discussion and it's fun and you close it out with relevant content. So, hey, it's perfect. Now, I realized I'm kind of doing more of a business style interview with this. Um, Normally, the show is more, you know, about, say, the effects of what you're doing and less about your process. But I'm just fascinated in, in what you're doing. So... I'm curious, I mean, let's dig in a bit to how you've been growing this brand, because you've been at it for a while. Over 100 episodes is something that most podcasters don't have. So, you know, it's like a hero's journey, right? Like, what dragons you've been uh, slaying? What have you learned from those adventures? You know, just just tell me about it. Well... I mean, it's a good question. We we uh, always experiment with new things to try to come up with a way to grow the audience more. Uh, the name changes that we've gone through from Reed Rothbard podcast, which had 40 episodes of its own that don't even count in that 123. Mm-hmm. So we're actually at 163 now. Uh, so we're, you know, we're trying new things. We're trying to get more, uh, more of a general appeal. We're getting involved with other networks. We're talking with other podcasters. We're learning from them. We're trying to engage our audience. Um, we just started, and I don't know why it took us this long, but we started asking people like, hey, we appreciate your Patreon Patreon donations, but you know, it's not really making a huge difference in our standard of living. And you might get more bang for your effort if um, you get more shares and likes and reviews on our show because that will increase the exposure on say itunes or youtube where people who like movie reviews or whatever will see us recommended more if we have more reviews so really i think we started shifting our focus from monetization more towards uh growing the the audience or getting more earballs okay and how has that been working out well, we just started doing that. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you know. But, uh, you know, like you said, getting 100 episodes is, is somewhat of a feat. Uh, most podcasts don't make it past five. So, right. yeah, I mean, we're already in the, you know, in the minority. And also our download numbers are actually, I mean, they seem modest in some respects. But then in other respects, we're like, I can't believe a thousand people listen to us talk about this stuff. <laughs> it seems crazy. Yeah, that's great. But but at the same time, um, a thousand downloads for an episode puts you in the top like one or two percent of podcasts. You know, I mean, Rogan gets a few million. So, I mean, we're nowhere near that. But I mean, the the drop off is is steep from there. Sure. Yeah, it's that. uh, Oh, gosh, I'm forgetting the name of it right now. But the uh, Pareto principle or whatever it is, you know, the top. 1% of uh, 
composers, you know, 1% of their music gets all of the plays for all classical music or whatever it is. Yep, uh, the 99 to 1, yep. Yeah. So, so maybe we're feel? not in the 1. Maybe we're in the 2 or 3, but we're we're up there. We're above 95% as far as like overall podcasts. So, we kind of feel like awesome about that, but then we're like, oh, but the numbers really aren't that big. <laughs> <laughs> but you're making strides. You're uh, in the top income bracket if we're talking about wealth or whatever. You know, you yeah, just have to hop up a few more times in your Bill Gates. So, yeah, we've got uh, some podcast download inequality that we're supporting. <laughs> Redistribute those podcast downloads. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that really works. Maybe that's a good way to <laughs> tear down the Bernie Sanders folks. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I'm going with this. <laughs> that's okay that's that's like you were saying earlier that's what we do on our show we go on tangents so i'm good with that <laughs> tangents are good so i'm trying something new i just had patrick do this um just a little bonus piece of info for the listeners i did episode 29 this morning and this is episode 30 the same day so we'll just roll them out as they're done being edited but i um I'm starting with Patrick doing this same question for every guest going forward. So I'm trying to add some more structure to the show. And I want to always have the same kind of closing bit here. So I want you to tell me what is your brief assessment of the state of the culture in the United States. And then what's your prescription for improving it? Wow. <laughs> you know, that that question, I I think that could be an episode of its own with each guest you have. Possibly. Uh, I mean, it's a big question, and, and it's something we actually talk about quite a bit in our show, and, and it's a bit evolving for us. I mean, I think the culture is... is drifting toward more socialism and more government intervention and i think that goes a long ways back i think it it's related to government being in control of the education system and having its hands in media and entertainment hollywood movies tv shows etc and you know in the truman show the creator of the show christoph who's played by ed harris he says that people believe the reality that they are presented with and I think that rings true when you talk about the culture. I mean, think about all of the indoctrination that is brought to you at the hands of the state. I mean, everywhere you look growing up, you're fed this same story, this same hero's journey, if you will, of how the government helped defeat Hitler and put a man on the moon and gave civil rights and defeated slavery and all these things. And I mean, what do you expect the um, education system that's sponsored by government to say, you know, when, when you get in debates on Facebook with people they always go, Oh, that author or that study is sponsored by, you know, the Koch brothers or the oil industry or whatever, but they never stop and think, well, that study was funded by government. <laughs> you know, they don't get the same like questioning or, uh, not believing that the source isn't biased. 
mm-hmm. when it comes to that kind of a thing. So as far as prescription goes, you know, I, I, I tend to think that it's going to be more and more of an individual awakening. It's going to be people questioning what they've been taught and what they've been shown and starting to, to investigate on their own and then figure out where the truth really is. And I went on a bit of a journey. I went down the conspiracy rabbit hole a little bit. I listened to some Alex Jones years back, uh, even David Icke and reptilian people. And I was like, well, I think he's right up to a point, but uh, he loses me at the reptiles. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I really feel like people have this sense that something isn't right in the world. And I think it has a lot to do with we're told in an Orwellian way that all of the things that we're not supposed to do are okay for the government to do. They just call it something else. And I think because of the obfuscation, trying to say that right, Mm -hmm. with the terms and the terminology, that it gets past people's uh, initial perception, you know, their awareness. So they don't see it for what it is, but it's still there. So it's like this subconscious thing that's eating away at them. I mean, I think a lot of people have this feeling like something isn't right just in the world. And and I think the left pounces on that and, and tries to blame capitalism uh, with a complete misunderstanding of what it is. I mean, if, if they mean crony corporatism, well, yeah, I'm right there beside them. But that's only enabled by government. Right, right. Um, and their prescription is, of course, more government. Well, what do you think is going to happen there? Uh, but I mean, am I making sense? Like that? That I really feel like that. Like a lot of the um, depression, you know, so many people are on a- antidepressants mm-hmm. and other mental disorders and and alcoholism and drug addiction. I think a lot of it goes back to this dissonance between what we're told and what is reality. You know, war is murder. Taxation is theft. Uh, you know, they call it something else and they're, and then it's okay. Like what you're taught in kindergarten or by your parents growing up, you know, you don't hit people and don't take their stuff. That's essentially libertarianism. But what does the government do? They call it something else and do it. Right. And, and so that's got to mess with people. It's got to. And, and so that's my, my grand theory. And that's, you know, the culture is driven a lot by that. So is it homeschooling then? Is that how you break out of it? Or is it something else? Is it podcasts like this? Or, I mean, how do you, how do you change that going forward? Well, I think homeschooling and unschooling is a, is a big key. I would not send my kids to school. Yeah, we're not. We're not. Uh, I, I would consider that a low-grade child abuse actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's that it's, it's getting exposed to true economics, Austrian economics, um, getting more in line with principles, living with principles and, and basing your worldview on principles. Like so many people have their worldview based on sound bites that are formulated as bumper stickers in the media, you know, 
like little clips in the in news headlines and and i mean i don't know if you've noticed this but so often news headlines are either dishonest compared to the contents of the story or there's a retraction on page 19 two weeks later right yeah but they got the clicks they got the views they got the ad rev and and so that's the game that they play um yeah, and we haven't even t- touched on social media yet, uh, but I think that that has created all these um, hived off uh, echo chambers. And so when people experience somebody, run into somebody who doesn't share their opinion, they're under the impression that that person is uh, this um, totally evil minority Neanderthal racist person because they haven't been exposed to people with any real differing opinion and thought uh, for a while because they've been able to put themselves into these little groups that in a way I think is great. Like I want to associate with people who respect private property and have an interest in economics and things like that. But at the same time, I also don't want to be just in an echo chamber. I want to be aware of what uh, other people are um, sort of talking about or thinking, especially when they are, believers in democracy (laughs) and i think they have a right to impose their rule over me and others you know you got to kind of have a a situational awareness of that um i don't know if i'm answering your question Um, totally totally no this is great and i let me get your take on this too that was supposed to be kind of the final topic so i'm not going to stray from that but uh just to add to it a bit i my wife and i talk a lot about how perverse it is that you know kids are in the public education system for longer and longer and longer and you know you have pre-k and then you have pre-pre-k and then you have four-year college and then a master's and then a doctoral degree and you have people that have you know literally existed without any profit and loss motivation at all for 25, 30 years in some cases mm-hmm. than going to teach people. And then, of course, they're leftists because their entire existence has been in this bubble. And so you're talking about social media and creating these bubbles. But to me, that's all public education is, is this separate existence. You know, the ivory tower, I guess, is the classic metaphor for that. But you're you're never subject to the pressures of life in education. You know, academia is this weird thing. And I don't know, whenever Patrick was on the show, he called social media a mind virus. I don't think I would call public education a mind virus. It's maybe an indoctrination camp or something. But, I mean, what are your thoughts on all that? Well, I, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> no, not at all. And in fact, um, I, I'd like to reference my most current show, The Truman Show, episode yeah. 123, com slash 123, because I actually get into this, um, where we talk about academics and intellectuals trading uh, their prescriptions for which, which give the government legitimacy, intellectual cover, they exchange that for a seat at the table for a taste of the power. 
and a symbiotic relationship is built where they're self-supporting each other. The academics get government funding, the government gets research papers and articles and thought leaders saying, oh, the government is great about this, market failure here, market failure that, public goods, externalities, you name it. You know what I mean? So there's an endless supply of uh, seemingly necessary government uh, solutions to seemingly endless numbers of problems. But of course, all of these problems or the majority of them are self-inflicted because of interventions prior, uh, you know, made prior, right? Intervention begets intervention begets intervention. Yeah. I think that's a Misesian insight. Um, and I'm a big fan of Mises as well as Rothbard. Sure. So, yeah, I think, I think you're right that education, the education system um, is a self-supporting thing. And to your point about, you know, people spend 25, 30 years in this environment and then they end up becoming teachers in, in that environment and sort of perpetuating it. I mean, think about it, 30 years, 200 years ago, I mean, that was, that was like a life expectancy, you know? True, true. So it's, it's only because of the uh, abundance provided by what vestiges of capitalism are allowed that have even made it possible for these things to happen. You know, uh, there's there's a great uh, great uh, lecture in the Tom Woods Liberty Classroom on government. It's a 90 lesson course. And uh, one of the earlier ones, he talks about, you know, you think 500 years ago there were protests about inequality or poverty? No, because people were too busy trying to survive. <laughs> and, and they didn't think anything could be done about it because that was just their reality, you know? There wasn't this group of people that they could uh, expropriate uh, thinking that that is going to be a solution. So, yeah, I mean, in, in a way, it's like a product of, of the prosperity, but then it's sort of hijacked and co-opted by a government seeking uh, more and more power and more and more influence over people's lives. To summarize my question or my response <laughs> to your question <laughs> now this has been great i um i don't want to keep you too long i don't want it to turn into a uh, uh too deep of a rabbit hole where we're like three hours in and it's tomorrow and all that so um we'll go ahead and wrap it there but man this has been fun i really appreciate it again how can people keep up with you, support what you're doing, and get all the goodies that you're providing for mankind? Well, the uh, kind of catch-all website is danielelwood.com, and that has a listing of at least nine or ten of the projects I work on. If you really want to support us, the biggest thing you could do is is check out the Actual Anarchy podcast or The Last Nighters, and subscribe to the show, leave us a review on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the more uh, higher up it gets listed in suggestions for other people. Uh, we also have a Patreon, which is where you can get some of the other goodies. One of the goodies is the Reed Rothbard uh, Rothbard repository, which is a searchable database of, I think, 82 Murray Rothbard lectures where you can actually keyword search uh, transcripts of those lectures and find the timestamp where he talked about a specific topic. Uh, there's a uh, meme cache, so like a few thousand memes that have been compiled by Patrick McFarland of Liberty Weekly. <laughs> We've got pre-show and post-show content uh, of our show available at, at the Patreon. Uh, 
So really just start at um, danielelwood.com and you'll find links to everything else. And really the biggest, biggest bang for the buck is give us a review on, on the show and subscribe to the show. Cool. Well, I will send people your way. Uh, really fun stuff. Again, I can't overstate how much fun it is to just see what movie you guys pick and listen to your analysis and tangents and all that. So loads of fun. Daniel, thanks so much. We'll have to do this again. All right. Thank you, Luke. And we would love to have you back on our show at some point in the future. It's a deal. All right, everybody. That wraps up episode number 30. So be sure to head on over to luketatum.com slash 3030 and check out all the links. Uh, it's going to be a lot easier to go that route to find everything because Daniel is just so prolific and he's all over everything. So since he's got a million and one links to link to, why don't you just stop by my site first and that'll get you where to where you need to go. Um, also, just a little bit of insight here. This episode and the last one, episode 29, they were recorded, actually, gosh, it's now over three weeks ago. So the discussion that I'm having there about the timing of the episodes and having just had a discussion the same morning, that was actually quite a while ago. And I hope you all don't mind. Um, I had a surgery and it put me out of commission for a while. You may even still be able to tell it's affecting my uh, voice and breathing pattern and things like that just a little bit. But I'm definitely recovering, and I'm really just so excited to be back in the podcasting realm. So really appreciate you taking a listen to this one. Appreciate you guys listening and, and sticking with it, even though I was out of commission for a while. And um, I'm just really excited to to be doing this as much as I can uh, right now. So again, luketatum.com slash 30. Be on the lookout because you're going to start seeing episode updates more on uh, the Facebook page, as well as some news about some other projects that I've got going on. I know I always say that, <laughs> and there's always so much to do. So in that sense, Daniel and I have a lot in common. We're always doing too much. But uh, I'm really excited, and I think you guys will be too. So if you're not already on the Facebook page, just jump on over there. You can do luketatum.com slash Facebook. It'll take you right to it. And, um, you know, follow the page. We've also got a great community group, which is growing steadily. And we can really hash things out, coordinate projects, and all that stuff in there. So thank you all so much. I just can't say enough how much I appreciate you sharing the show, reviewing, all that good stuff. And until next time, peace.